0: Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon, and remember. You are Go ahead and, and just keep it open at on to Matthew chapter 25, and that's pretty much the the text we'll be at today, Matthew chapter 25, and just wait for me to get there, in Matthew chapter 25, Um, and and we will just be reading that together, studying it together, and and really just um, hearing how the Lord is going to pour into us with this passage. Um, I was thinking about this acronym POP, and I've been sharing with our leaders this acronym a lot. And, I, and, I, and I've been talking about what's going to make us pop individually. Um, what will, you know, I, I listen to some pastors, and, and what they do is with their team, they do an end-of-the-year evaluation, and it's pretty cool to hear what other people do. One pastor says he gives them um, this sheet of paper, and they have every leader, and everyone has to fill it out, you know. And, and you know what one of the questions is? Look how crazy this is. I think it's a pretty good idea, though. When was the last time you brought someone to church with you? And he's like, we, we make them answer that because we want to know how they're doing with sharing the word. Um, if they're not really bringing anyone, they're probably not really sharing anyone, um, the gospel with anyone outside. And, um, and that's maybe what that pastor and those pastors feel makes their congregation or their leaders pop. But I've been discussing with our leaders, I said, what's going to make us pop? And, 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 and what I started to play with, I, God put this in my heart. You've been hearing it for, probably for like about a month or two already. What's going to... Make us people of presence. Pop. How many of you have already heard that here at some point on a Sunday? People of presence. To be a person of presence. Amen? And, and that's kind of what we've been just on. And, we, and we'll continue to write it until the Lord moves us elsewhere. But, but I want to be a person of presence. I, I don't want to go anywhere and then recognize, oops, God's presence didn't come with me here. Like, that's scary. I want to follow God's presence and be in God's presence. Um, wherever it is that I go, individually, as a family, and together, right, as a family as well. So the first word in pop to be a people of presence that I'm going to share with you guys is the word preparation. If you're taking notes, write that down, preparation. You know, I, I look around the room, and, and, I, and I look at some of you guys, and it's obvious that, that many of you prepared yourselves before coming. I mean, I, I see some of you in the way you're dressed, the way you look, you, you prepared yourself. Um, thank God most of you did not just roll out of bed and came. Some of you did, but... But most of you guys prepared yourselves, and that's good. And what, you know what's beautiful about preparation? We see the fruit of preparation, don't we? I think so. So we'll jump into this. You know, when, when we look at this biblically, there are some things that we cannot, we can't argue against and disagree with when we come together. There's just some things as 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 Christians and as Bible believers, as Christ followers, there's some things that we just can't argue against and be divided with. And then there are many other things that we can definitely disagree on biblically. Um, Some of you guys that are close to me, I have a close friend, that whenever we get together, there are just some key things biblically that we just disagree. And it is so fun to hang out with us because we love each other. But when we start talking about some of these things, it gets loud and it gets awesome. And then we eat and we have a good time and we love each other. But it's just fun because, yes, though we disagree on some things, um, but there are some key things that we, we can't even uh, make room to disagree upon. Does everyone understand that? And as we, as we talk about these things, um, you know, what are some of the main things? You know, the truth is, listen, if you want to argue that you can lose your salvation and I want to say to you that you cannot lose your salvation, at the end we're just going to say, fine, just, just be saved. Amen? How many of you can say amen? amen. Right. If you want to list to me all the reasons why you have free will and I want to maybe go ahead and list all the reasons why, why we're chosen, elect from God, I guess all we could say is fine. Just make sure that you know him and he knows you. How many of you can say amen? There's key things that, that we just got to say, okay, fine, but just make sure you know this. If you think, this is a funny one, if you think like in heaven, the, in heaven true biblical worship is hymnal music. Or maybe in a church, you're like, no, you know, we got to go back to hymnal music, that's fine, you can believe that. Maybe my theory is like, well, no, contemporary, maybe it's like, no, we want to do rap music or rock music. You know, at that time when rap music first and rock music got in the church, people thought it was devil worship. Like, oh my gosh, the church invited Satan, and yeah, whatever. Uh, All all I'm going to tell you is, fine, just live in worship unto the Lord. How many of you will say amen? Amen. All right, we get it. But all joking aside, really, we're humans, and I think we're all going to agree with this. That we will always find things to argue about. We will always find things to divide ourselves about, to complain against each other about. Isn't that true? I think so. Uh, I think about some of my conversations with my friends. Who's better? LeBron or Michael? If you think LeBron James is the best player I've ever played, raise your hand. Wow. If you think Michael Jordan is the best player I've ever play, raise your hand. Okay. Good, I'm in agreement with you. But you should see some conversations, how it gets when it comes to that. You know, Hillary or the Donald. No, let's not even go into that. Okay? <laughs> go for the better one. Okay. But we get it, man. We're always going to argue. Have you been around um, some of the things that people are saying today about this political race and all that? It's just, it's just interesting, man. And people always complain and people always argue. And when it comes to these things, I I know what Scripture says. Now, I don't want you to miss this. I'm going to run through three Scriptures. I know Jeremiah 1, 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You guys can say amen. I believe that even for myself. Uh, I see Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says what? He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. Can you say Amen. So he's formed me. He's chosen me. Look at 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So he has saved us. He saved us. We cannot save ourselves. He called us. We can't really call ourselves. Amen. Amen. So we, we come into some of these scriptures and I get it. And I believe that the Lord has, at least for me. I don't know where you stand on this stuff. But I believe he's formed me and I believe he's chosen me. And I believe he has appointed me. But here is my main point today. In all of this, he's also called me and he's also called us to take on responsibility. That in his call, there is a responsibility that goes forward. And that's kind of preparation. Preparation. How many of you do not raise your hand, but you would stand up today and say, I know that I've been called by God, right? So if you've been called by God, then it's to live a life in preparation before God, amen? There's a responsibility that goes into this. And my first point, as Pastor Leo came and shared it, my first point is preparation to receive preparation to receive Hosea uh, the Lord tells Israel this in Hosea chapter 1 verse 12 listen to these words if you're taking notes write this down the Lord says plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest the crop of love plow up the hard ground of your hearts for for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you it's, it's an amazing word to the children of Israel during this time And it really is an amazing word even for us for this time. Look what the Lord is telling the nation of Israel here. He's telling them to what? Seek the what? Lord. And in seeking the Lord, there is a what? There is a planting that goes on. And in that planting, then we will receive a harvest that comes from it. And then he goes on, he says, and you plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do you get what the Lord is telling Israel here? Prepare your what? Hearts. Do, do the work. Let the process start. For now is the time to seek the Lord. That he will come and he will shower righteousness upon you. Guys, do you see that in scripture it is key that God has calling us to live prepared. Prepared. Preparation. As we speak about pop, we want to make sure that, that we understand this first letter P, preparation, because I believe that if we're called to be a church that pops and we're aiming at September 18th and we want to go forward with vision and we've planned and we're praying and we're about to enter a fast together and we're going to do all these things and we're going to seek the Lord together, we're going to come back to this basics of stuff here and we're going to learn in scripture today that before we and before I do anything, the first thing that I got to focus on is am I prepared before God before I ever come before God's people. It, it, am I allowing God to deal with me? Is the preparation of my heart in effect? So, as we go into the text today, I want to read Matthew 25 with you, verses 1 through 13. If you're there, can, can I get an amen? amen? Anyone else? Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Go ahead and get there. Give me an amen and we'll get started. Amen. Let, let's go ahead and start off with the first verse. Lord, minister this to our hearts, Lord. Here we go. He says this, Then the kingdom of heaven, is one of his parables, Jesus' teachings, he says, is like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. He says, Five of them were foolish. Everyone say foolish. Foolish. And five were wise. Say wise. Wise. Verse 3, the five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps but the other five they were wise enough and they took along extra oil so when the bridegroom was delayed they they all became drowsy and they fell asleep at midnight they were roused by a shout and it said look the the bridegroom is coming come out and, and meet him And all the bridesmaids got up and, and what? And prepared their, they prepared their lamps. Verse 8 says then, the five foolish ones, they asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. It's running out. So the others replied and says, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10 says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. And look what it says. I underline this in in, in my notes. It says, then those who were ready went with him. Did you catch that? The the ones that were caught up with the Lord are the ones who were what? Ready. They're the ones whose lamps were what? Prepared. Do you see that in the scripture? So those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. So later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they they stood outside, and they began to call, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. Look at these two verses coming up. Verse 12 and 13 says, but he called back, and he says, believe me, I do not know you. That's scary, ain't it? so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return amazing passage amazing set of scriptures and teachings that, that God is teaching us here the, the first thing we, we're introduced to is God is, is really referring he's, he's grabbing the story of ten bridesmaids and, and, their, and the bridegroom to the kingdom of heaven and that's what he's referring to and as he is referring this relationship he says there's ten of them and five were wise and five were foolish five of them five of them had oil the other five didn't have oil i'm going to stop there for a second because i want to make sure that you understand why oil is mentioned here oil is important in this story and oil is important in our story amen oil is important going forward from this day on you know when you look at oil Oil is widely understood. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit all throughout Scripture. You can do a study on it. I love how one Scripture links the Holy Spirit and oil directly. And it's Jesus in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Look what Jesus says. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. But I want you to recognize this. He he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he's anointed me. When you look at this, the, the spirit of the Lord... The oil of anointing and the spirit of the Lord, it's it's directly related to one another. The oil of anointing, it stands as this representation, this physical representation of Jesus. Jesus now being given the Holy Spirit to perform these functions for God in his service unto the Father. And and look what he's saying here. As the Holy Spirit now lives in me, as I am one with it. look what he says. He is now anointing me to preach, to heal To preach deliverance, to set free, to give sight. Do you guys see that? So so there's a function in his anointing. He he's received the Holy Spirit. He has the Holy Spirit. And he he confesses, he says, it's now upon me and it's anointed me to do these certain tasks. To to live in, in such a way. Do you get that? To to fulfill the Father's will. So I go back to the story here in Matthew chapter 25. And in verse 3 and 4, it says that the foolish took no oil with them, but the wise, they took oil with them. You know, Proverbs teaches us something so important about wise and about wisdom. Do you know that? The book of Proverbs says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and understanding. The fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean that you tremble and you're scared. Oh my God, God's here. And you're you're terrified and you run away. When scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and understanding, we we recognize that, oh, okay, I'm getting this, that our wisdom is found and it is grown when we live in the fear of God. So what is this fear of God? It's it's when I live in the awe of God's presence. That's what the fear of God is. When when I live in the reverence and the respect and in the awe of God, His glory. And and when I live in that presence, when I live in that awesomeness, when I live in that awe of God, there is where wisdom, true wisdom is found. So the author says, the fear of the Lord, that's where, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the the beginning of what I don't understand. Well, I don't have no wisdom going into this. Then the reality is, we'll get into the all of God and into the presence of God. And there is where wisdom and knowledge and understanding is found. And that's what they're teaching us in this passage and and the word as as a puzzle. So we get this and we see here that five of them in Matthew 25 were foolish when the other five were wise. Five foolish ones. Why why were they foolish in this passage? Let's talk about this. Did you catch why they were foolish? Anyone want to just go ahead and shoot it up? They weren't prepared? They weren't ready? Anyone else want to get a little bit more detailed? They didn't they didn't, they didn't take, say it, Armando. They didn't take the oil. They didn't have oil. They didn't take oil. They were so foolish that then they have to ask. The, the, you know, it's funny because fools are going to ask for wisdom, right? Just this week, you know, I called Pastor Leo and I said, I, I need advice. He's wiser in this than me, so I, I know when I need to call for wisdom. And here are five foolish people. And who do they go to? Well, well they brought oil. Excuse me, can we have some of your oil? Well, we don't have enough to give you. I really want you to see this. Five were foolish because they went to meet the bridegroom. Listen now. And as they went to go meet the bridegroom, they went with no presence. They went with no awe. They didn't consider even taking oil for their lamps. That's going to mean something to you in a minute. It's going to mean something to you. Because I read this passage and I say, man, the, the nerve that these five foolish bridesmaids have, the nerve, because this is the nerve they have, and, and this is the nerve that some people have. Ready? Well, I'll just go, but, but as I go, you know, what someone else will do for me or give me what, what I didn't have the discipline to do. Well, I'll just do it, but, but I'll just count on others to, to come through in ways that I'm just not going to come through in I'm the discipline that I chose not to live in. Um, others are prepared, and I'm not prepared. So in their preparation, I'm just going to ask them to, to kind of just give me some of their preparation unto me. You know what that's like, because I'm sure many of you were in high school one time. And all of you had that one friend. You know, we weren't working in high school. So every time a $5 was given to you it was so important, because that's how much that lunch cost. But there was always that one friend that was short a dollar. Or there was always that one friend that just leeched on you. And like, hey man, you think you could get me, uh, come on, you think you could spot me today and I promise you tomorrow I'm going to get you. And you know very well when that friend asks you to give them lunch and to spot them, you know they weren't going to give it back to you tomorrow. So out of your heart, you're like, bro, can you just already like bring money already or do something? Like you're always asking, you're always sucking on me like to grab and take from me you know I come prepared to school hey how many of you are the ones that always gave paper out (laughs) Uh how many of you are the ones that always asked for paper all right that was awesome and you know you go up to hey you wink at them how are you today you talking to me yeah I'm good I was like why are you talking you never talked to me I just want to see how you're doing hey can I have a piece of paper We've been there, right? We've been there. We've been there. So five foolish ladies come to the five wise ladies. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, since you asked, me and the other four, we didn't we didn't count the cost. And because we didn't count the cost, we weren't really prepared, so we kind of just winged it. We thought we were going to be okay, and now we're recognizing we're not going to be okay. So do you mind? I see your, I see your tank is full. I see that your lamp is full of oil. You think you could pour some into all of our oil lamps, um, to our lamps? And they're like, no. And there's a reason why they say no. I believe that. I believe that. See, someone else who is more prepared... Someone else more prepared than me will then meet the need of my lack of preparation. No. See, the problem is that that's not meeting the need. Because in reality, there's still something wrong with me. There's laziness. There's sin. There's there's this thing of me being comfortable. And each bridesmaid, if you notice in this story, is responsible for their own lamp and for their own oil. And just like each one of us is responsible for our own walk and our own faith in Christ, amen. And they didn't take oil with them. Five of them foolish. And then there were five wise. Say five wise. Let's get a little encouraging here. And they took oil. And when they heard that the groom was coming, look at the story. It says, when they heard that he was coming, they went out to meet him, and they began to what their lamps? Prepare their lamps." And truth is that they were already prepared as they were preparing it. The other ones wanted to prepare, but they weren't prepared. I love what one leader in this church always says, if you, if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. And the truth is, here are five women who were prepared, stayed prepared, and they didn't have to be prepared when time came. They were ready ready to go. And this is a sad thing because five of them ready for the groom's presence, five of them ready to be taken by the groom, but five of them were left out absent of his presence. Listen to this, absent of his awe, absent of the fear of God. Listen now, absent of the oil. You know what the Lord shared with me? I'm gonna share it with you. Here it is. They couldn't experience sharing the bridegroom's presence with others because they first weren't experiencing the bride's presence within themselves. How can I come and do community with them ten if me, in my own time with the Lord, I'm not paying attention to the own oil on my own lamp? So, so when they when the when when it was time to enter into the presence of the Lord with all the other nine, the five of them said, well, with all the ten, five of them said, well, we don't have enough oil. And the truth is they could not experience sharing the bridegroom presence with those others because they first weren't experiencing the bridegroom's presence within them. They, they wanted his presence. They, they wanted his glory. They, they wanted his beauty. They, they wanted his majesty. Listen to this part. They wanted his rapturing to a honeymoon without living in the daily flow of his presence without intimacy. I want to go where you go, but don't ask me to do what you do. Ah, I, I want to be with God's presence, but don't ask me to live righteous and holy. Don't ask me to seek him. Here were five women... Lord, take me. Lord, receive me. But don't ask for me to to live in preparation. And don't ask me to to carry oil with me wherever I go. And and I read this story and I get this. That there has to be a daily preparation on the altar of our heart. Allowing the oil to be upon us in order to anoint us. I love what Benjamin Franklin once said. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. I, I need to... Have my life prepared before the Lord. We can all be lampstands, but it doesn't mean that we all shine our light. We see, the truth is, and here's my point, here's the meat of the message, ready? We're not capable of shining light. huh? Because the only way that you and I could shine light is we need oil. Everyone say oil. oil. So thank God I brought some oil with me today. I brought my oil. I brought my oil. I, I was gonna bring the whole thing of, of masola, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. And I wanted to I was gonna call someone and say, You mind if I drench oil all over you? I'm gonna do it, in this but I you know, I didn't think it was gonna work out right. One of you were like, oh man, I would have loved that. It would have been weird, you had to take a long shower. <laughs> but here's my oil, here's our oil. I wish there was a little bit more in there, but you're gonna get the point. We could all say we're lampstands, we're all lamps, but it doesn't mean we all shine. And the only way that we're going to shine in this passage, we see here that we need the oil. And the only way that our light will shine forth is if that oil is there. Because the truth is we are just vessels and vessels that this oil, come on, you should have gotten the revelation of what oil is already. That we are just vessels that the Holy Spirit fills so that it could create in us a light that it shines through. And without the Holy Spirit filling our lives, we'll never be light filling the lives of others. We need the Holy Spirit to, to fill our lives. Not just a one-time experience. You've all met that one person, right? Oh, my God, this one time I went to a church service. And, and they're like, well, what, what about the rest of your life? Well, I know I need to go back to church. Forget that. You need to go back to the presence of God. You need to go back and get your containers of oil. You need to go back and light up the lampstand. You need to go back and, and go back to the most important things. The Holy Spirit, fall down on me and rain in me and pour Pour your spirit upon me. We're just vessels that the Holy Spirit, his oil fills. So so I say, church, we, we can't stand before God's presence and say he is ours. He's ours. He's our bridegroom. If his presence doesn't first live in us, affirming that we are his. That we are his bride, his beloved. You guys know what I mean. Oh, God, uh, you are mine. And God looks at Oh, sometimes there are people sometimes that call out to me and say, and you are, I am yours, and, and whose are you? The most important, the most powerful thing about my faith with the Lord is that before I ever can say, Lord, you are mine, he first said, son, you are mine. <laughs> that, that his presence, his Holy Spirit is what drew me, scripture says, to salvation and to Christ. Second Corinthians, listen to this passage for a moment. Chapter 1, verse 21 and 22 says this. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Paul is telling the church of Corinth here that the Holy Spirit is what seals us. The Holy Spirit is what guarantees that we are his. Do you guys understand this? That there is no way that we could ever say we are prepared if God's Holy Spirit, if God the Holy Spirit does not first dwell in us. How can we ever be used and make an impact if first the Holy Spirit is not active and alive in our lives? The Holy Spirit does the work, if you've caught it already, the work of preparation is done through the work of the Holy Spirit. I could try to prepare, but I'm always going to fall short, but once the Holy Spirit takes hostage of my body, the preparation takes place, and now I belong his belo- I, be- I become His beloved, through the work of the Holy Spirit. The, the, you know how many times I've tried to prepare it and I've failed? Huh? Come on, anyone with me? Yes. But you know how many times the Holy Spirit has done the preparation and we succeeded? We're planning for a few weeks from now to do some great stuff and launch some amazing vision. Well, well, it's not going anywhere if the Holy Spirit is not with us. Come on. (laughs) All that stuff is great preparation and beautiful stuff. But you know how many people that really know God that come and visit here are going to say, but where is the presence of God? Everything is great, and everything is fine, and it's good to be prepared. But the most important thing is that we are what? Living in the presence, and the Holy Spirit is doing the preparation in us. Doing the preparation in us. And we're taking this word a little bit more serious here it in this place at New Life. We're taking preparation to a different level, and we really mean it. When you look at the word preparation it's common sense it literally means it means this preparation means ready to use ready to use we take the oil with us church we live in preparation listen to this so in return we can live in presence there is no presence if the holy spirit is not doing the preparation Is that even biblical? Well, the scripture says that the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will also what? Will also raise you up. So the Holy Spirit that did the preparation in Christ brought him to the presence of the Father. The same spirit that now lives in Christ now lives in us who will also bring us before his glory. The Holy Spirit does the work of preparation. How many of you can say amen? Let's go back to verse 8 for a moment. We'll get back to the oil. But look at verse 8. Can you go there with me? It says, the five foolish ones asked the others, what? Please give us some of your what? Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever read that story of like the sons of Sceva? We've preached on it here. You know, the disciples of God are, are filled with the anointing, they're casting out demons, they're doing wonders. And the seven sons of Sceva come running. And they say, what? Give us what you have. Give us what you have. And Paul says, what we have, we can't give to you. This is not like something that you rub against or something that we throw a spell on or sprinkle on you. I can't give you what I have because what I have has been given to me by him. So if you want anything, you need to go to the one and the source who has what you need and ask him to give you what he has. Five fools went to five wise and said, give us what you have. And I know that they were wise because they said, we don't have what what you're asking for. When we see this truth, I really want you to understand what it means to us. It's powerful because I look at this and I ask, is your heart, is the center of your being, is it open to receive the Holy Spirit's filling to do the work of preparation in us? Why? Why would I ask that question? Because of this next thing. Ready? No one can give you that, that Please give us some of your oil. That comes from you and your relationship, your walk in Christ. From you and the work of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. See, none of us can give any... We can't give to each other and I can't give to you what the Holy Spirit is doing in me. And no one will be able to ever give you what the Holy Spirit is doing in them. So let's never get caught up as a people saying, please give us some of your oil because my lamp is going dim. Because sometimes we can look towards people to give us only that in which the Holy Spirit can give us. See, it's gonna, this this is so good. Because we can't ask and we can't look around unto others for what they have. Instead, we got to look to the Lord and what He wants to give us. Because, listen, that is what's going to satisfy us. That we don't look to receive from me or from other people, but that we look to the Lord and what He wants to give us. And in there, when we look upon that, when we look to receive from the Holy Spirit, and in that in which is what we're satisfied, then, then we'll live in presence and not in man's approval of us. When when we live for other people and what they could pour into us and for other people and what they could say about us, then we always live for what they say to us or about us. But when we live for it, doesn't matter what others say and it doesn't matter what other people could teach me. Right now what it matters is that I live in the presence of God filled with the Holy Spirit. We then live much more clearly in presence rather in what people say about us. Preparation. That we would never go a day of our lives without living without the oil. I love these verses. I'm going to read them one more time to you because we're the wise. Verse 4 says, but the other five were wise. They took oil with them. And at midnight, there was a shout, and it says, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come and meet him. So all the bridesmaids got up, and they prepared their lamps. Let's go to verse 10 for a moment. And it says, and those who were ready went in with him. And they went to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. I love when doors are locked. When doors are locked, can I tell you something? That means there's intimacy going on. (laughs) There is. I have children. I, I, I can tell you. When doors are locked, it means intimacy is going on. When doors are left open, anyone's what? Welcome. Welcome. But when doors are locked, you can't come in. You, you, you've passed it. So here are five women that go to meet their groom. And, and they were ready and they went in with him. And the door was locked. And later the other five returned. And they said, Lord, open the door. And he says, believe me, I don't even know you. I love what Benny Leibscher from Jesus Culture says. He says, your level of preparation determines your level of outpouring. Here are five women that are ready and they go to be with Christ. Here are five that are not and they miss the opportunity to be with Christ. And you know what, what one of the scariest things is? That when we miss the opportunity to be with Christ, we miss the opportunity to pour out into others. One of the greatest things that we could do is be in presence and be prepared. So that in that preparation of the Holy Spirit doing that work in us, now we're prepared to what? To live as a drink offering, like Paul calls himself. To live as a living sacrifice so that others can receive of the work of Christ. So I need and we need to live in this preparation, which is defined ready for use. I need to live in ready for use. That the Holy Spirit may pour out of me. And I recognize what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you're taking notes, verses 19 and 20, write down these verses. Look what Paul says. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by who? By God. And you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. And look what it says next. So you must honor God with your body. This may sound strange, but I get it. We don't even belong to ourselves. Rather, to the Holy Spirit who now lives in us. We're special. We are, look around, we are an amazing group of people because as people start coming in here, we're going to teach them. That we are people that don't even belong to ourselves, but we are vessels in which the Holy Spirit lives in. That when we once were the head, when we once were the CEO of our domain, now it's been handed over. That the Holy Spirit has now taken hostage and now we are His temple. The Bible says now we are His dwelling place. How many of you could say amen? For once you were a carrier of darkness, and now you hold the light. Amen. All of this to say one key thing. Listen to what um, Paul says at the end of verse 20. I don't know if it's back up there again, but look at this again. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Look at the last part. All of this work of the Holy Spirit. All of this dwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Look at verse 20. Ready? So that we would What? Honor God. Honor God. We're going to start doing some amazing things here at New Life. We really are. God's going to do some great and awesome stuff in our midst. I believe that. But everything that is done here and everything that is done in us and through us, look at this verse one more time. It's for one purpose, it's for one reason. And here it is to honor God. That's it that's it so that when people investigate our lives you know people come to church to investigate right and when they investigate to see who we really are and what we're really about that they would recognize you know what it's really not about themselves it really is about the Holy Spirit dwelling in them and preparing the work before them they know what the Holy Spirit is and they live in the Holy Spirit presence the Holy Spirit fills them We are poured into the church. So in return, we could pour out. My second point is short. Here it is. Ready? Number one, preparation. Preparation to receive. Number two, preparation. Preparation to give. Preparation to pour out. So I shared something earlier, and I'm going to share it again. It's called the five keys of success. Here it is. I'm going to ask the worship team to start getting ready. And look at these peas. and if you say it fast, we'll, we'll practice it, and you're going to get all tongue twister. It'll be fun. It's like, how much wood can a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Watch this one. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Come on, say it five times. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Proper, come on, five times. You all stink on me now. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So, so here it is, guys. We want to live outright, right? We've been planning, but now we need to execute right. We've been praying, but now we need to minister right. We've been preparing, but now we need to perform to our God-given ability. Proper preparation. Well, what does that mean spiritually? It means this. Allowing the Holy Spirit to create this in us. That's what proper preparation means. Ready to use that the Holy Spirit does it in us. And what does proper preparation bring? Strong performance. What does that mean spiritually? It means this, the fruit of the Holy Spirit living in you. I could only show strong performance and strong ministry if I first have proper preparation. Church, follow with me because we're going to end. Some of you are sleepy. Some of us are tired. Some of us, we started the work week with our children and it's been a rough week, hasn't it? It's hard with a toddler and an infant. Wherever you are in life, listen to these words. Take your oil. Wherever you are in life, take your oil. Proper preparation will bring forth strong ministry. I think we've defined that. I couldn't say that in the beginning because then you're going to be like, what? I think we've defined it properly today. And if the Holy Spirit is doing the work in me, If I'm giving him access to my life, if I'm opening it up to him, then this church, this nest, this group of believers here, oh man, what's ahead of us, the fruit that's going to come out of us, the performance and the ministry that people are going to receive from us, oh man, it's going to be spectacular because of the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in us. Come on, man, get excited about that. You know why you need oil? You know why you need the Holy Spirit? This is why I wanted to drench one of you with oil today. You've ever wrestled with someone? Just fight with someone? I fight a lot with my son now. We wrestle a lot. You ever played maybe a sport, football, and you have to run through a a huddle or run through a crowd of men that want to destroy your life and tackle you? And, I mean, Tony Romo just broke some sort of something on his back. I mean, that's crazy, man. There are maniacs out there. Go Dolphins. But we'll we'll pray for them. Mike, no chance this year. They might need some oil. But we run a play, right? And I say, brother, I'm going to hand you the ball. And there's uh, 11 men right there just and they're drooling, they're like salivating because they're gonna, they wanna tackle the heck out of you and they wanna kill you. But just run the ball, right into them. And your goal, this is the craziest sport because your goal is to run through them to get, you see that end over there? There's an end zone, you gotta make it past that line so we can get six points. You look at me and say, are you crazy? I'm one and there's 10, yeah, but you know, we'll help you, kind of. If you've ever been in a match with someone, a fight with someone, a wrestling with someone that you've never really wanted to be in because you know that they have an upper hand on you, you kind of run away from that. There's nothing that, you don't want to get involved in that stuff. And life is like that. Life is like a, like, life is like a wrestling match that I just don't want to like, and I'll use Adrian because, you know, Adrian's good. Adrian, just stand up. Just stand up. Come at me. Come at me, bro. I don't want to fight Adrian. I don't. Actually, he keeps walking towards me. I'm getting scared. I think I could. I, I think I could get one punch in. But I don't want to wrestle him. I don't want to fight him. He's like a bear. He's like a bear. Don't leave. But, but but if I see an attack like that, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna think about all the movies I've seen. I'm gonna think about everything because I don't know what I'm gonna do. And life is like that at times, right? We want to get over there. Come on, opposition. No, come on. That's easy. I could have gotten there. Big for nothing. I want to get over there. I'm being serious. (laughs) Hey, how many of you guys think I could do it? No? But give me some space. Come on. I do it, bro. Can't mess with me. But let's be serious. Come back. If I'm going I to, that's my goal right there. That's my objective over there. Come on, Phil. Wait, there's a fight. How many of us have experienced life like that? Oh, come on. How many of us have gone through this in our spiritual walk? <clears throat> and, then, and then sometimes, sometimes we get some gain on them. And then sometimes he gets some gain on us. How much of us have experienced life like that? And then there's days that we're doing good. I got this. Come and follow me. And then there's days where, oh my God, come and pray for me. No, I'm being serious. How many of you have done this? How many of you, your life is like this monster here? And I want to get over, I want to get over this, this hump in the road. But as long as he's before me, I can't get there. How many of us are tired of this? You know, as a church, we've been back and forth. And as a Christians and as a people, we've been back and forth. And and some of your marriages have been back and forth. And some of your walks have been back and forth. And some of your relationships have been back and forth. And some of your children have been back and forth. And you need to keep fighting and it hurts and it's painful and then, man, there's a monster in front of you and you can't get past him but do you know that when you cover yourself with oil there is this thing that comes upon you that, that when you wrestle you, it just slides off you and you move and you say you, you can't touch me now that which continued to attack me and conquer me When the oil is on my life, I pass right by him because he couldn't hold on to me, because he couldn't grip me. You try to tackle someone that is drenched with oil. Impossible. You're going to slip right off him, and that is why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need all that crap to slip off you already. You need all that stuff to just move. New life. From today going forward. We're gonna put oil in us. And on us. And we're gonna be responsible for one another. Now well, I'm not my brother's keeper. The heck you're not. Yes, you are. Read scripture. You are your brother's keeper. Yes, you are. But as a church, as a brotherhood, as a people, we're gonna put oil. We're going to put the Holy Spirit all over us because when problems come, when giants arise, when muscular bearded things come to attack us, we slide right through them. And when they say, what was it in you that's changed? You say, you see, before I used to do it in my own strength. But now I do it in the strength of the Lord. When I used to be filled with my own might, now I'm filled with the might of the Lord. Now the Holy Spirit lives in me. When you once took a hold on me, you now can't even grab me. Because I have something in me that lives inside of me. That is greater than anything that lives in this world. I'm telling you today church, proper performance prevents, Oh, proper preparation prevents poor performance proper preparation prevents poor performance some of us have been performing wrong because we've been preparing wrong come on some of us haven't made it because some of us haven't come to the awe yet of God some of us have not been able to give because some of you do not know what it really means to receive yet I've learned that in tithing i learned that the reason why people struggle to give of their finances is because they first haven't learned to receive God's blessing over their lives as a receiving of God's blessing. The reason why someone can't give love and compassion to someone else is because they haven't first for themselves received love and compassion for themselves. You want to give? No? Then go and receive. But you'll never be able to give you first have not received what do I have to receive the oil the Holy Spirit the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach to give sight to heal it's only capable through the Holy Spirit You know why? You know why we could have three people sometimes up here in worship, only three, and still it'd be as one of the best worship services ever? Because I'm sure those three spend time being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, church, this is for you. I'm telling you that, that this could happen, that you could be ready for use, that you could be prepared. Without preparation, a preparation of the altar, offerings can never be given. The first needs to be a preparation before there's ever an offering given to God. And there can never be a presence if there's not an offering to surrender to Him. So my preparation by the Holy Spirit brings forth my life as an offering to Him, which then receives His presence over my life. Proper preparation will produce Strong ministry. Strong ministry. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close. Come on, giants. Come on, muscles. Come on, trials and testings and tribulation. Come on, hardships. I come a little different today. I come with oil. New life bring your oil, bring your oil, the altar's open, if you need to come up to this altar and you need to cry to God, don't even think about it, come up right now, one of the leaders, someone's going to pray for you, but come up here and say, Lord, I need your oil, I need need to be prepared, I I need this, I need strong ministry, I need strong performance, but I first need proper preparation, if that's you, come up here, if you need to get on your knees, get on your knees, we want to pray for you this morning, don't leave here with a hardened heart, don't leave here with the bear hug from your from your giants. come on get past them today receive the Holy Spirit in your life. Leaders if someone is up in the front and you pray for them, tell the Holy Spirit fill them Holy Spirit fill them with oil consume them today. the altars open. Let's worship the Lord together. Say Lord prepare me. I want to go be with you in the heavens. I don't want to get left behind i want to be part i want to belong to the beloved i want to live in presence deal with preparation in me church let's worship him